Hello and welcome to another episode of Future of Legal, the KPMG podcast series for legal leaders. For today's episode, I'm joined by Stuart Fuller, Head of Global Legal Services, KPMG International, and we discuss the future of the legal profession. Stuart, thanks for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So Stuart, in today's business and legal environment, the speed of change can be dramatic from business model change, geopolitical factors, regulatory developments and increasing digitalisation. It's clear that legal departments have a lot on their plate. But what would you say are some of the biggest issues the legal profession and legal departments themselves are facing right now? Well, indeed, that's a uh, that's a big question. And there's a number of issues at play for the legal profession uh, and for our clients, particularly those operating in the multinational space. So there's probably five in particular I'd highlight. First is we're seeing uh, many organisations looking hard at their business models in light of economic uncertainty and, and the increasing complexity in the business and political world. And this is placing uh, new and increasing demands on legal departments as their own companies look to restructure. Secondly, you've got a relatively fraught trading environment um, impacted by supply and demand dynamics accelerated by the COVID, as well as geopolitical and geoeconomic uncertainty. And all of these factors are creating new legal challenges for organisations that are looking to adapt quite quickly to those changes. Thirdly, you've got new cross-border operational complications and complexities, which are really creating an increase in mass claims against organisations. So whether that's mass consumer claims, contract revocation, arbitration, and all of those claims are increasingly placing burdens on legal functions. Fourthly, you've got uh, the risks associated with uh, a clear oversight and control of our clients and their organisations, group organisations, the subsidiaries that are largely on a global basis for many of our clients. And in the current regulatory and political environment, non-compliance is creating an increasing risk to those organisations. Uh, and last but not least, you, with all of those complexities, we're seeing the need for business to move even more quickly than ever before to meet these changing demands. And that's putting increasing pressure on legal departments to reimagine their operating model so that they can keep up with the pace of business change. Yes, Stuart, there's certainly a lot of play that may keep a general counsel up at night. So let's dive a little deeper into each of those topics you've raised. You mentioned the uptick in business reorganisations. What are some of the factors at play that are driving organisations to consider business reorganisation? And how can the legal department help prepare for this? Great question. So there's two business changes and one big regulatory change that we're seeing coming here for clients and, and therefore having an effect on their legal department. The first is just businesses looking hard at their own strategy. So if I'm a global or a multinational organization and I'm I'm looking at my business strategy, I might choose to restructure my business by splitting off a particular geography or a particular line of business or a particular type of business. And that is creating the need to reorganize and restructure the company, uh, liquidate some of its subsidiaries, sell the assets off or or simply float them off or, or trade them off into another vehicle. So that's where the the organisation, the client, is actually saying there's a strategic change in our business. The second is where there may be business or financial trading pressures on on the organisation that that is forcing it to restructure. So that's not a financial restructure or an insolvent restructure. It's just where the company says, you know, I need to make some changes to raise some capital or to create some liquidity that allows my other ongoing part of the business to continue to operate well. And so we're seeing that increasingly, and we certainly saw that through the pandemic uh, with COVID, where there were some short-term pressures on organisations that that created some need for restructuring. And the third is coming out of the global minimum taxation. 
uh, changes. So what's commonly referred to as BEPS, the base er erosion and profit shifting. And that's uh, at the moment sitting in the chief tax officers or the head of tax officers. They look at the impact of that global minimum taxation on their organisations and, and the financial and tax impact. We think that's going to quickly become a business restructuring impact. And whether that's, as I said before, changing the shape and nature of where the company operates, it might change the way that internal arrangements are documented. It might change the way that treasury functions are, are housed in, in organisations. But we think that those minimum taxation changes coming from BEPS is going to actually go from the head of tax to the general counsel and the legal department quite quickly. You mentioned how the trading environment has been impacted by a number of factors. Can you expand on this a little for us? How are these having an impact on the legal profession? How are the general counsels you're speaking with responding? So trade and investment are key to all of our clients. So it's, it's core to their business. So we're seeing a couple of factors here. So one is, again, just pure business issues, which is supply chain and, and restructure of supply chain as a result of business condition changes. And again, through through the pandemic, we saw a, a significant increase in this activity, which was really forced onto our clients by supply chain pressures, the need to reorganise or restructure supply chains and the need to reorganise businesses the business organisations and the business structures that supported those supply chains. So that might go from changing a centre of manufacturing, changing a location in which a company operates through to just simply recontracting or repapering the way that companies do their trading arrangements. Because the other thing that uh, the pandemic showed a lot of our clients is if you can't find your contract that you need to enforce with your customer, the contract's actually not worth the paper it's written on. So there's been a lot of um, activity around, you know, where do contracts sit, who owns the contracts and what's the control process over the contracts. The second comes really into uh, investment law changes. So what we've seen over the last few years is increasing government and regulatory controls over cross-border investment. So that's the broadening of a lot of the tests that governments apply from a national interest test to a national interest and a national security test. And of course, that's raising greater complexity in cross-border transactions. It's raising greater compliance organisations if conditions are imposed on those transactions. It's creating regulatory engagement that our clients need to increasingly do, all of which creates uh, and imposes greater demands on the legal function. So I imagine there'd be a lot of complex legal issues to consider when dealing with some of the mass procedures you mentioned earlier. Why is this increasing? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So it's, it's really the rise of the consumer-producer relationship. So where we've traditionally seen this come through is in mass consumer claims. So a, a company has a product, maybe hasn't performed to standard, and there's a large number of consumers with a claim against that company. That's where you've traditionally seen those claims. Um, you've also traditionally seen them in the financial advice, financial product area, which often comes into remediation. Going forward, we think this is going to widen into a couple of other areas. So clearly into cyber and privacy. So invasions of privacy, uh, privacy breaches, cyber breaches, which could be made against one organization, but affect multiple customers of that organization. The second, of course, is ESG, where you have uh, stakeholders, whether that's shareholders or community or community groups who think an organization isn't adapting fast enough to climate change or to the ESG demands and, and brings a legal action against those. So each of those actions has one common factor, which is one organisation against who the, whom the claims are made, but multiple people who are parties to the claims. And that's where our experience from dealing with this, particularly in Europe, has been where technology becomes absolutely fundamental. It's no solution these days to simply throw more people 
at a mass claim or a mass consumer claim, you need good quality lawyering to actually work out the substance of the claim and how to manage it. But then you need a technology enabled solution so that you both get the procedure of the claims managed in the most efficient manner, and that's including with the courts, but you also get the data and the transparency to management of the organisation and the general counsel and, and the in-house counsel team so that they have real-time data on where the claims are, the number of the claims, the status, and, and what's the likely path to settlement. So you've got that sort of increasing community consumer pressure, increasing regulatory demands and, and society demands, and therefore the need for technology to be a fundamental and intrinsic part of that solution. And Stuart, what should organisations consider? Is this an area where you're seeing technology play an increasing role? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and in fact, I would say in any of the solutions that we look to take to a client, whether it's a business reorganisation solution, a um, cross-border M&A solution, a global entity management solution or a mass claim solution, uh, we see technology as a fundamental part of that solution. So that can be both in the delivery platform to the client or it can be the way that we use technology to enable the solution that we bring to a client to make it more efficient. So a mass claim example where you have thousands of claims uh, have technology as a way to manage those claims in a consistent way, both within the process and with, with the court system. But secondly, and importantly, the reporting and the data that you get from it. So the great benefit of technology isn't just to make the process more efficient um, and more transparent, but it allows us to give to our clients and for the clients to get from their own business much higher quality and much higher quantity level of data about where they are in the claim or in the in the transaction, but also what it means for their business. Stuart, I know you work with a number of general councils of multinational organisations, and you mentioned how hard it can be for them to have effective oversight of their subsidiaries around the world. Can you talk about this a little more and, and explain how they're managing related risk and compliance issues? Yeah, so, so this is, a, again, a, a very important area for an in-house team, particularly where the in-house has company secretarial role. So all multinational clients, all global organisations have large, complicated group structures. They'll have their, their main entity and then they'll have, in, in some cases, up to thousands of operating uh, and other subsidiaries and entities around the world. And that becomes a quite a complicated network and quite a complicated problem for in-house teams to manage because you have a regulatory requirement to fulfill the, the annual corporate filings, the tax returns, the reporting, everything you need to do around a, around a company. But you've also got the complexity of change. So if you have one change in a director of multiple companies, you need to make that across the multiple companies. So I think you get an increasing complexity of organizations, you get an increasing complexity of regulatory requirements, and you've got the combination of scale and numbers of jurisdictions. So that's where we see you know, general counsel and a number of teams saying, well, effectively, how can we how can we manage this part of our business better? Is there a way of doing it other than having a, an internal team that does this in a in a relatively mechanical way, procedural way, or is this a way way that we can effectively outsource this to a third party, such as KPMG Law, where we deliver that back to the client and the team through a managed service? And that managed service will always have a technology enablement piece, so that you have one gateway between the client and us for the delivery of that service. You have a consistent way of doing things across multiple jurisdictions, and that's all technology enabled so that you do it. You do it once and then have it scaled multiple times through the technology. And again, that that not only allows sort of speed and efficiency, but it allows transparency and data and reporting. What we're also seeing in this area is 
that allows both our team and the and the in-house team to to focus not only on the process and getting that right which is fundamentally important but then going into the more important areas around is there a governance issue for us to consider here is there an advisory piece around the corporate governance that we need to consider with those changes so that the general counsel can actually focus on on that substance of the management of the group as well as the form of the management of the group. Stuart, the final topic you raised is, is around this drive towards reimagining the legal function. What do you think is driving that need to transform? Legal is uh, experiencing now what many other functions in companies have exper- experienced over the last 10 to 15 years, which is the, the need to transform their operating model. And what we see here is not only this demand coming, which I'll talk about, but the fact that uh, there's not really ever a one-size-fits-all with reimagining a legal function. So on the demand side and the pressure side, it's a combination of factors. It's effectively the envelope of the budget that a general counsel is given to manage the legal function. And that is often always a combination of the internal team cost and external counsel cost. And what we're increasingly seeing is the CEO or the CFO or the COO saying to the general counsel, here's your envelope of funding, but that's going to be your funding amount in the future as well, but you're going to need to do more for that same amount or sometimes more for less. Um, But it's a real combination of more work with the same amount of funding or more work with less funding. And what we're also seeing is the fact that legal technology is becoming more effective and efficient, particularly when it's built into a solution that you take to a client. So it's actually an issue of diagnosing the problem and then looking at what technology can solve it rather than saying, let's buy this technology and use it to solve a problem. So what we see in this area is our clients saying to us, well, the first step in this is let's understand really well what the legal team is doing, what the in-house team is doing. So we've developed the legal function assessment suite uh, and a couple of other tools, which allows in a very intuitive sense, the general counsel and their team to give data just through a sort of automated or a Q&A process about what the legal team actually does, because that gives the general counsel and, and that team the transparency they need to work out what they're doing, how much time they're doing it, what could be done differently, what could be automated, what could be digitized, what could be outsourced, what needs to be retained by the team. The second thing you see around this is the need for technology. So I've already commented that legal legal technology is becoming more efficient and effective. But of course, it's in our view, it's technology which is embedded into the solution that you provide to the in-house team and, and through them to the, to the organisation that they serve so that it helps deliver the solution or it helps deliver the service in a more efficient and effective way, not simply putting in a piece of technology just for the sake of it. And then the third important area is it moves into then the sort of basic function of contracting and managed legal services. So what we see is a lot of clients wanting to put in contract lifecycle management so that you have ownership of the contract right through from initial contact with the counterparty right through to execution and storage of the contract. And the commercial importance of that is uh, in a joint study we did last year with the World Contracting Council, we quantified that 9% of the value of contracts is effectively lost through non-enforcement of service level standards. So simply having a contract um, lifecycle management system delivers immediate value back to the organisation. And then lastly, I I think where we will see this go pretty quickly is into a greater degree of managed legal services, where a general counsel's team outsources particular 
parts of the work that they would do to a third party, which delivers it back with a technology enablement, with good lawyering and a good process. And that allows the in-house team to focus on substantive and complex work, whereas some of the other work is, is then delivered back through a managed legal service. So these are all what we're seeing in this uh, reimagining the legal function. But you come back to the fundamental point is it's actually got to be driven by what the client needs. So there's not a one size fits all solution. So, Stuart, what are some of the organisations you work with doing and, and how is technology playing a part in this? So what we're seeing at the moment is sort of a drive drive around a couple of areas. One is coming back to, to legal technology. Is there a, a good solution for a problem? So not not identify the technology and then find the problem for it to solve, but is there a problem that we need to solve in, in how we do things? And is there a particular piece of, of legal tech that we can use to do that? Secondly, it is um, it is contract lifecycle management. So that system, that end-to-end system of contracting, so whether that's procurement for the organization's own contracts or it's third-party customer contracts, and then thirdly, managed legal services. So in each of those areas, contract lifecycle management and managed legal services, the technology platform and the technology solution that either automates or digitizes the contract or the process is fundamental. The thing that's fundamental before you do that is the need for good lawyers to input on that because there's no point automating or digitizing a contract that's either out of date or doesn't work. So the first step is how do I simplify, refine, redraft my contracts so that I simplify them, make sure they're up to date, make sure they're fit for purpose. And then secondly, how do I automate or digitise them in a very clever way? Stuart, we've covered a number of topics today and you've given our listeners a lot to think about. But to conclude, what recommendations would you like to leave our listeners with? I think there's two. So I think what we're seeing in the market is is a, a shift of both demand and of supply. So what we're seeing is organisations and and general counsel being more open around the range of different providers that they consider for legal legal advice and legal services, but also a a growing range of those providers. And of course, included in that is um, is KPMG Law and Global Legal Services. And that is driving, we we think, a a shift in the buying pattern of clients as as they look to put a portfolio of of providers together. And that is driving a, a fairly substantial shift in the legal industry that's moving away from just a law firm industry or just a legal tech or law company industry into a whole range of different providers. The second observation I'd make is it's the combination of talents and solutions you bring to clients, which is the key. So in our, in our view, you know, we, you need to bring to a client an offering that's got good quality lawyers, which has a solution focused mentality to these solutions that we bring to clients. And, and as we've spoken about today, business reorganization, entity management, mass claims, all developed in a solution mindset. Thirdly, clever and effective use of technology in those solutions. So it's not just lawyers doing more lawyering, but lawyers who are made more effective and efficient through technology and and which delivers a better experience to the client, but also better data to the client. And lastly, you need global scale, the platform to deliver in more jurisdictions in a consistent, coordinated manner than others, because that means that managing global organisations becomes our delivery to the client, not the client's issue to manage for us. And they're the sort of broad trends we're seeing. That's great, Stuart. Thank you. It's been a fascinating discussion and you've given our listeners some really interesting insights. Please join us again next time and also email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. We'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. A short disclaimer as well. Throughout this podcast, the terms we, KPMG, 
us and our refer to the global organisation or to one or more of the member firms of KPMG International Limited, each of which is a separate legal entity. Certain member firms in the KPMG International Network, including the US member firm KPMG LLP, do not provide legal services. Legal services may not be offered to SEC registrant audit clients or where otherwise prohibited by law. Thanks for listening.